All right, ladies and gents, welcome to episode 103 of the Get Around. I'm James Cook. They let me host once again for some stupid reason. I'm joined here by TV7 and 4's Harrison Beebe. I know that stupid reason. <laughs> and our own Jake Atnip via the phone from uh, Metro Detroit, I believe. That's your stupid reason. That is. It might, might be a reason why you're uh, hosting there today, James. Yeah. Are you already uh, scouting out Ford Field for us for Friday? Yeah. We're actually going to LCA tonight. Going to hit some floor seats for the Pistons, so... Gonna get a little bit of professional basketball in, and then I'm scouting out the uh, the rest of the scene in the downtown area to kind of get a feel for Friday, see if the Lakers have a chance. You can scout LCA for Travis Shuba and the Trojans. They're playing there next month, I think, for boys basketball. Yes, they are. Well, maybe the, I'll have them give me a call. We will. You're more likely to see a good game on Friday than you are uh, tonight, unfortunately. Most likely. I you mean, beat Detroit the Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be down there in a month or so, so if they need some uh, scouting for LCA, give me a call. I'll be right there down on the floor and let you know how it feels. Yeah, he can maybe he can tell you, you know, get you some locker room access and uh, let you you can uh, let him know, you know, what kind of accoutrements. Are I there. think I'm going down next month for WWE SmackDown too. If you guys want me to, or Jake, if you could scout scout it out for me there, let me know how Roman Reigns. Yeah, is find out enter what, the where, arena. where you should sit to get the get the best angles on the RKOs. <laughs> Well, before we go to LCA and Ford Field, we have a good show for you today. We've got Glen Lake football players Reese Hazelton and Brady McDonough coming on, fresh off their thrilling 31-30 to overtime semifinal win over Montague to earn a spot in Friday's 4:30 game at Ford Field for the Division Six State Championship. Um, and it was a big week of action. I mean, we had six teams this, that were still going uh, as of this week, and uh, a we'll, lot of them we'll, from Leelanau County. Yeah, and a lot of them from the Northwest Conference. Yeah. So we'll have we'll have recaps of those. Take a take a deep in deep dive into those, and do induct our newest member into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan, as always. The club, and we will delve into the best place we have ever competed ourselves in a sporting event. That will be the uh, the trifecta today. So I think I know Jake's answer, but yeah, because and? I because I was there a month ago, and he told all of us about it a month oh, ago. Oh yeah, well th- I don't know if he want, he needs to recap that again. No, no, that's not that. That's definitely not the. That's definitely not the answer. Oh, oh all right. I would have thought that would have been. All right, right, now we're gonna get some new stuff. All right, Blake and Connor. See, that's the good. Otherwise. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff there. So it's time to put our finger on the heartbeat of the local sports world and get into the pulse. Jake, you were down in Battle Creek. We had two volleyball teams yep. playing down there. We had uh, three in the quarterfinals as of Tuesday. Kingsley lost in the semifinals in Battle Creek. Uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about your observations and uh, and what you saw from that. You know, I was really high on Kingsley going down to Battle Creek this past week after seeing what they did in Cadillac and how easily they rolled through that quarterfinal. I think they had a lot of momentum uh, going to that, into that semifinal game, but they were just outmatched. Um, you know, there was three or four girls on uh, Grand Rapids Christian that were six foot two, six foot three, all of Austin DeWeese's size and ability at the net. Um, with the power, and it was a little bit too much for Kingsley to overcome. They couldn't get a block up, and a lot of the girls, you know, having a couple of the shorter ones at the net didn't really um, help all that much, but, you know, it was a it was a really tough set in that first set. Kingsley um, fought tooth and nail. I think they lost 25-21, but then the next two sets, they just kind of went a little bit lower and a little bit lower. I think the stacks got down on themselves and really weren't able to recoup after they went down big in that second set. I think it was a good run for Kingsley, and I think I, I think that they deserve to be down there. But Grand Rapids Christian, you know, they were number one all season long, um, and last year won the state title last year, and it was very, very easy to see 
Um, when they had, it looked like a three-headed monster of girls who, you know, anybody they went to was, you know, almost guaranteed they get the ball on the floor. So Kingsley was a bit outmatched when they went down to Battle Creek, but nonetheless, what a run. Um, making it for the first time in Division Two, I know Coach Dave Hall was ecstatic, and that was one kind of thing I got from the, the Kingsley girls is they were all really happy to be there. They weren't, you know, quite de- devastated or crying after the match. They were, you know, very proud of the accomplishment that they had, and um, no reason for them not to be. They they showed up, and they, you know, that first set was very admirable, but once it got down to it, they, you know, they were beat by the better team last week. Well, and then uh, both of you guys, Harrison and, and Jake, were both there for the Leland semifinals and state finals uh, down in Battle Creek. Uh, Harrison, what were your observations from that? You know, props to Leland getting swept by the Hornets a year ago in that state title game. And this year, you know, we were kind of wondering if they had the chops to make it back to that stage and make that finals game again. It, You know, kind of early on, it didn't seem like that was going to be in the cards. But not only did they make it, there to the finals again, but they took a set, a, a really good back and forth third set. Went to extra points. I believe that won that one 29-27. And this is a Menden team that clearly looked tough to beat and worthy of being number one in defending state champions. And there, th- this Comets team was with a majority of juniors and sophomores taking them out. And I thought that momentum would kind of roll over a little more, but then you got to that fourth set and Menden took it right back right away, and and that was a three to one final for a repeat for them, but in my opinion, Leland performed better this year in that stage than they did last year, and that's kind of hard to think, knowing the talent that was on and the experience that was on last year's team versus this year, and maybe we'll get a, thir- a third matchup with them. This will be the Cavs-Warriors of girls volleyball. We get Menden Leland again next year, and I mean that's going to be a very stacked Leland team, so I, I think a lot of people are anticipating the potential of that. Yeah, they only lose one starter, so uh, you got to feel that Leland's got to be a, a favorite to get back to there next year. Oh, I think I think I think I think their hands over fifth favorites to get back there, especially with Menden. Um, we didn't really mention her on this podcast, but our Harrison kind of failed to, but Menden's Anna Smith was just outrageous in that game. Um, definitely I mean she's going to Western Michigan, definitely a D one volleyball talent, but I mean she could take over the game at any second. She's only a junior. They have a lot coming back too. I'm excited. I mean, I kind of brought it up to them after the after the match that I think that you know they should already be looking at a state championship game against Menden again next year. And of course, they brushed that off a little bit, but I think it's very easy to see. I mean, Leland has ten juniors on their roster who are coming back, losing one senior, and then to have people like that on Menden, I could only imagine it's going to be uh, a third year in a row that they're going to be battling it out down in Battle Creek. As Harrison said, we didn't quite expect Leland to make it down there this year, but you know, they might have performed better without some of their superstars being balanced, having three or four girls with about 10 kills really worked out for them. So, um, you know, I, I have all the faith that Lauren Glass will be able to make adjustments and get them back down there again. Yeah, and I mean, I saw the one video that uh, that Harrison posted on Twitter, I think it was. She laps the ball up like 20 feet in the air. Yeah, and it's <laughs> the, Anna Smith, the Anna Smith girl from Menden, yeah. On her serves. And, uh, <laughs> and then I, just drives well, and Nonetheless, Harrison, Harrison, yeah, the, the video that you posted was like the perfect ace. She went up, hit, hit the net, and barely and got flipped the, the net, and then like threw uh, Olivia Lowe so off guard and hit her in the chin, and then it was an ace. It was just I, the fact that that's so routine for her is to just chuck it up in the air and then time it out. Per, like she must work on serves for four hours a day. She did that good every at time, like that. She didn't have yeah. just like different serves. Yeah, I Snapchat. I'm like, I gotta get this on video. This is insane. This girl just lobs it up to the moon and then spikes the heck out of it. Um, well, and then uh, after the volleyball, we had. We had three football teams still going this week. Um, I mean, that's as many as we've had going this late 
in most years this year. Uh, so we had Kingsley playing Lansing Catholic, falling 28-14. to uh, I was talking to Mark Urban, one of our former sports reporters, uh, who was at that game, and he was just saying that uh, Lansing Catholic was huge. They were. I was. I was at a majority of that game as well, and um, it it was kind of what we all theorized last week a little bit. I'm not going to brag about my own predictions, but I knew Lansing Catholic was going to be the toughest defensive team they played all year, and they did what we all thought was the secret to beating Kingsley. They jumped out ahead of them and, and stopped them in in their. Uh, you know, basic running plays and really had, had to try and force Tim Warren and company to get a little more creative in that game. And I think they were doing that a little, but every time they got a little bit closer and got it within a touchdown, Lansing Catholic would immediately respond and make the plays their quarterback. Very mobile. Uh, you'd mentioned their passing game last week. That was very effective in a lot of ways. Uh, and they ran trick plays as well that we're used to seeing from Kingsley. Lansing Catholic had those as well. So you can understand why they were on that stage. Maybe in a different tournament, a different year, Kingsley would have played an easier opponent. But that that was a tough draw to get yeah, by and, that team. And on Kingsley kind of emptied the playbook too, from what I understand. They uh, ran a bunch of trick plays. Mm-hmm. They, they ran the old quarterback tying his shoe play. I missed that one, man. That would have been fun to see. Uh, yeah, and apparently that one worked, <laughs> um, but uh, but not everything worked. But uh, and uh, Mark was saying that Lansing Catholic was almost doing Kingsley a favor by throwing the ball because he said it looked like they would be so effective running the ball just because they had a well, kept big beefy front two. line. And you know, I mean, Kingsley is not blessed with a whole lot of overall size. I no, mean, everybody but that hasn't that really been like an issue. For them. Pounds. No, they were able to beat Glen Lake, yeah. who's obviously a way bigger team on the mm-hmm. lines too. Mark was just saying that it, it just appeared that uh, if they had just kept running the ball, that uh, that would have served them well, too. Um, and then we had uh, Glenn Lake winning that 31-30 to thriller overtime against Montague. I mean, that's those are the type of moments you play for, right? To clinch a spot at Ford Field, come back down two scores, seven and change to go at a semifinal, and kicking then, a PAT to win it. Maybe that's not how you draw it up, but our boy Brady, not Peyton McDonough, got it done in a big way. Yeah, the the soccer kid who they, they convinced to join the football team, coming through with the extra point. Uh, you know, Montague had missed their extra point, so that created that opening for him, and uh, and Glen Lake pulled that win out. Well, the Montague fans too were apparently freaking out that uh, Brett Peterson's catch in overtime, the the touchdown mm-hmm. to put him at thirty, that he didn't have his feet inbounds, and the refs made a horrible call, and then they were sharing all the photos of it on the sideline. He clearly has the two feet inbounds with possession. So yeah, I saw some photos on Montague Twitter too, and it was crying clear. foul. It was pretty clear. It was uh, not even as nearly as close like as the Brady Hunter out of bounds. Yeah, controversy. there's controversy, but it, at that point, just, the officials are there. They're going to make a call that they see as best, and clearly that was very a very good call. Um, and then uh, Sutton's Bay played up in the uh, the Uper Dome. You the, were there. I was there for that one. And that was a that was a heck of a game. They gave Colin their first like real test of the year. They did. You were uh, right on that one. Um, you know, Colin uh, hadn't had its first team defense scored upon all season. Um, they gave up fifty eight points this season. That was all against their backups in the second half. Uh, their starters never played a, a full game. Uh, their coach afterwards was saying though that he wasn't worried about conditioning or anything because of that um, because they had done apparently they brought in a whole bunch of military guys in their preseason from different branches of the military to uh, work with their kids on strength and conditioning and, and all that sounds stuff. like quite the magic trick yeah the magi trick magi trick yeah I almost went with the uh, magi eight ball headline mm. seeing that's as they weren't the local little, team you shipped yeah, it away yeah but uh, it, Sutton's Bay 
you know, they hung in there in that game. Yeah, the yardage I, at halftime was not close, but the game was. Uh, you know, Sutton's Bay made some mistakes where they could have maybe capitalized and uh, and pulled this game out. Even I mean, they, they had four interceptions. Um, they were they were running some plays that I think worked against other teams that maybe weren't as good, and where they would just chuck the ball downfield and let Lucas Mikesell go for it. And, he, and, you know, and against other teams, he pulls us down. But in, to double or triple coverage against a team with a defense like Colin had, um, it resulted in three interceptions on plays like that. And then there was another screen pass when Sutton's Bay was inside their own 10 that a linebacker just stepped in front of and walked into the end zone. Do you take away a couple of those and... Uh, Things you know, happen. Yeah. I mean, Sutton's Bay had a couple of turnovers inside the 20, I believe. So it was it was a very close game. I think closer even... Closer than the stats look because of uh, field position and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, definitely Sutton's Bay gave them all they could handle. Well, and these kids aren't going to want to hear this from me right now, but to say you're the second best, maybe Pickford would argue if Pickford and Sutton's Bay played again, but to say you're the second best or third best eight-man team in the entire state, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good honor that you can say about yourselves for the 2019 season. I'd, I'd be super proud of that. All right, we will head to our interview with Glen Lake football players Reese Hazelton and Brady McDonough. That's brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. All right, we're excited to have Reese Hazelton, Brady McDonough from the uh, Glen Lake football team here with us for episode 103. Um, welcome in, guys. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Yeah. Um, we will start off with the Freaky Fast Five, five weird questions as a nod to our sponsor, Jimmy Johns. So first off, who is the best and worst dancer on the team? Oh, best, I'd have to say Brady Dotson. And worst, bankroll. I'd go uh, best uh, Xavier Griffiths and worst uh, River Dallas. Yeah. Why on those guys? What is it they do? Oh, it's just Brady Dawson doesn't care what anybody thinks. He just goes crazy. Xavier uh, can just uh, dance to about anything. So, And then uh, Ben and River are just a little clumsy when it comes to that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, similar question. Who is the best and worst singer on the team? Oh, that's tough. Ooh, best singer, Dylan Kalinske. Yeah? He, yeah, he used to be in choir, so uh, he's got a pretty good voice. And then uh, worst singer, Garrett Tremble, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to go best singer, Xavier, beatboxed about anything. And then worst would be, ooh, um, yeah, I'd have to say Garrett Tremble. Yeah. Garrett or, or Finn, possibly, too. Oh, Finn, 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 be Finn could be up there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had Finn on earlier this season. Yeah. He yeah. thinks he's good. But yeah, Finn thinks he gets into it, but uh, it's not good. Not pleasant. Getting A for enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so what current hit artist do you think in 20 years people will look back on and be embarrassed that they were such big fans of? Ooh, um, Miley Cyrus. Yeah? Billie Eilish. Yeah? Yeah. Not big fans? Oh, no. Mm-mm. She's just a little bit of a mumbler. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. Nothing my type. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, f- 
for the first time on this, uh, as part of this, I'm going to do a physical challenge, which is going to be see if you guys can block me from shooting into the uh, <laughs> trash can. All right. He's got a so, longer reach. So he, I know. He's going to have to do his left hand. That's why I'm glad yeah. he uh, had to go there. <laughs> do you normally block with your left or right? I can do both. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Oh, he snuck one under, underneath. Yeah. And that actually went in. I'm surprised. I don't, yeah, think, the, I don't think the first one is even going to go in. <laughs> and then I think, I think both of you guys got the first one. Uh, all right, uh, last question is, have you ever seen Coach Andrews wear pants? In one time during that cold week of playoffs, was it week 12 or something? This year? Yeah, this year I think he yeah. wore it once. I might be wrong, though. I, I don't know. Gosh, uh... He's never worn them to school. Uh, he might have worn a practice. I didn't notice, but yeah, I think the only time is like if we went to church or something like that. But that's about it. Yeah, he is, he's, he wears shorts. He has uh, insulated shorts, is what he says. <laughs> yeah, nice. When you guys were playing in Calumet, um, we had to get a freelancer to cover that game for us. There's mm -hmm. a guy from the UP that we have do stuff for us from time to time. And the last sentence of the story that he submitted was uh, that, that Coach Andrews was wearing shorts <laughs> in 13-degree weather. Even, yeah, a, yeah. even a youper would, thought that was unusual. Yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. I'm, I'm wearing two sweatshirts and a pair of pants during practice. So. All right, well, well, let's go to the regular part of the interview. How, so how do you guys prepare for playing inside after having played in some horrible conditions in the last couple of weeks? Um, well, one thing that's nice is it's got a little warmer, surprisingly, as the as the playoffs have gone on. And then uh, I think we're planning on going down on Wednesday to Saginaw Valley to practice for uh, Wednesday night and Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. Coach Andrew just talked about having uh, Saginaw, where we're practicing at, turn up the heat in the indoor facility so we can get used to the warmer temperatures and stuff. Yeah. Is, is, is it difficult playing in warmer in a warmer climate like that, that you guys have been playing the last couple of weeks in some pretty bad stuff. I mean, Calumet was, what, in the teens? Yeah. I heard. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I, I like when it's warmer. Just as a quarterback, it's easier to grip the ball and feel mm -hmm. my hands. But I know some of the linemen stuff are preparing themselves, like right now, by wearing a ton of layers during practice just so they're sweating and getting used to the heat, temp or the heat that's going to be uh, inside mm -hmm. Ford Field. Yeah, I think it's definitely easier for kicking, too. Ball mm -hmm. flies a little further when it's warmer and body's a little looser. And yeah, how cool is it for you guys uh, that the uh, the Forest Area Band came and played at some of your games this year? That was an awesome experience, seeing them on the sideline. It was getting the crowd into it a little more, too. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think uh, just something that none of us have ever really experienced, just to have them uh, come and support us is a pretty amazing feeling. Why is it you guys don't have a band? Just not, not enough people? Enough yeah, numbers. just not enough people, yeah. Yeah. They've gone down over the past few years. Yep. Okay. So last week, I guess, I think it was M Live had a thing where they had 10 of their writers pick every one of the playoff games. And uh, none of them picked you guys to win. Do you guys use that kind of stuff as motivation? For oh, sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, we have a group chat with our guys, and one guy screenshotted the whole uh, thing and sent it to everyone. And then a uh, coach ended up printing off uh, a picture of it, and we had it hanging from our lockers all week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we use that as most motivation for sh for sure. Okay. Prove everybody wrong. Yeah. Okay. Just for that, I picked against you guys this week. <laughs> Thank you. Just to motivate, <laughs> just to motivate you guys, because I picked you to beat Kingsley and then you didn't. Yeah. Hey, I mean. Guess it works. Yeah. So, 
What did the What did you guys learn from the Kingsley game? We went in the Sunday film and we just uh, kind of went over everything that we didn't do to perfection, kind of, and uh, we just have been working on that ever since. I mean, we have a package that we call uh, Kingsley. We do it once a week for 15 minutes, just so in case we ever play play someone like uh, them in the T offense, like Monroe St. Mary Catholic uh, mm-hmm. this week. We're just preparing ourselves for that kind of offense. So, was it that offense that gave you guys problems, or was it just not a good week? Or um, I think it was just for a lot of guys. It was the first big game that we played in, and then it was just mistakes stacked on top of each other. Honestly, so I think we learned a lot of just bouncing back from our mistakes. Would be the biggest thing. Yeah, I'd say about the same. It's hard for me to speak on it being just special teams, but yeah. <laughs> So your last three games have all been decided by one touchdown or less, the last two by one point. Monroe St. Mary's has not only had one close playoff game. Mm-hmm. Is it better to be rested or tested? I would say tested because I think when it comes down to these games uh, down at Ford Field, they're all going to be pretty close. and A lot of our guys are banged up right now, but we're all preparing our bodies and just staying, health- staying as healthy as possible right now. So... Uh, our trainers has us getting an ice bath, giving us massage, just doing anything we possibly can to to stay 100%. I would agree with tested. All these games have been close, and it kind of amps us up, gets us mm-hmm. ready for the better competition. So, did you listen to the uh, the seven and four highlights? Uh, I think I yeah I did see it. Okay, how many? How often do people call you Peyton? Uh, I think that was the <laughs> first time. I mean, I get it a lot really? from like family members that mix us up or whatever, but. Yeah, that was the first time, like, someone like that. Yeah. Harrison was joking about it, kind of, that he, met, that he messed up and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, he, was least, he was at least having some fun with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, St. Mary only threw the ball two times, I think, in their game last week against Onstead, mm-hmm. or maybe three. Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys take from that? I mean, is it easier to play an offense like that where you know kind of what's coming? But, I mean, it's the wing tee, so it's a lot of deception still. They're really, really big up front, and uh, I think our size matches with them. We've got a pretty big uh, offense and defensive line, too, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that our coaches are just going to prepare us for uh, what we're going to face. If they do start to pass, then we'll adjust, too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Coach Angers does a really great job preparing for whatever we're going to face, so mm-hmm. pretty confident with him. Okay, so this one's for you, Brady. Uh, which is a better feeling, hitting that uh, extra point Saturday or lining up the kick returner from Millington and laying him out? Oh, it's a tough one, but definitely the uh, extra point. That was one of the coolest experiences of my life, probably. Mm-hmm. Everybody rushing the field, and it's just amazing. How much do you work on that, being a kicker, working on tackling? Because it seemed like you uh, that was pretty much, pretty much a form tackle there on that. <laughs> oh, that was, I've never done a tackling drill all year. That was just memory from middle school. That was like that was like the biggest roar of the crowd of that whole game. I think. Yeah, I definitely didn't see it coming. That's for sure. <laughs> so I was talking to another guy in the media last week about the uh, some different semifinal matchups, and he was saying that he had heard from a bunch of people that uh, a bunch of schools don't like playing Glen Lake. Why do you guys think that is? Um, I'd say because we're uh, extremely big and physical up front. You know, uh, Ben Kroll kind of sets the tone. It's about 6'2", 275, and going to Saginaw. And then all the rest of the guys, like, I'd put them up against anyone. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's honestly starts with those guys and then our speed, too, that 
just adds another dimension on what we can do. Yeah, I've, we got some, a scary lineup. I would definitely not want to be on the other side of. So all around, we got a deep, deep bench too. So yeah, it pretty much fills up every position. So who put the pressure on you to come back out and play football? Um, well, Coach Angers texted me in like June saying, he just said, I need a kicker. I was like, got nothing to lose, why not? Thought I'd give it a try and did some work over the uh, over the summer while everybody was in the weight room. I'd lift for a little bit and then go out to the field and just kick on my own and wasn't doing too bad, so I thought I'd give it a try. How nervous were you in overtime? After their kicker had just missed an extra point. Oh, I was I was actually not as nervous as I thought I would be. Everybody was trying to help calm me down and just tell me that it was a regular extra point, just like we've been doing all season. So mm-hmm. I was confident in uh, in our line and the long snapper and holder that they'd get it up perfectly set up for me. So I just had to do what I've been doing all year. How similar is it kicking a football to a soccer ball? I know a lot of teams recruit somebody off the soccer team to be a kicker, but how how similar is it? In the beginning of the season, I actually struggled because I've been used to like kicking a soccer ball right off the ground. So like propping it up on a tee was pretty different for football. So I mm-hmm. ended up like kicking under it way too much and just kicking the tee. So I had to kind of get used to kicking at an elevated level. And from then on, it's been pretty easy. So now both you guys were at Ford Field back in the 2016 game against Lumen Christie, um, which didn't exactly go your guys' way, but... Mm-hmm. We won't talk about that, I guess. <laughs> Just talk about your experience being in Ford Field and, and what that was like and what it'll be like on Friday for you. Um, from the stands, that's where I was, uh, 2016. I just remember how loud it was. You can't even hear the person next to you, really, unless you're screaming in in, the, in their ear. And uh, it just looks so much like bigger from when you're in it than like in pictures. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just as a freshman, I remember walking out of the tunnel and going onto the field and looking up and just uh, being in awe almost. And, uh, you know, uh, the seniors on that team kind of gave us freshmen a good example of how to play in that game. And I think uh, now as being a senior and walking on the field, like, it's going to be a cool experience. But we also need to understand that it's a it's a business trip and we're going there to, to, get, a, get, to get a ring. Uh, so does Coach Royalis um, cringe every time you run with the ball? Uh, he said that his Apple Watch like buzzes when his heartbeat or heart rate goes up, and it sent, sets him a reminder. And uh, he said when I was down, injured during the last game, that it was buzzing at him. Uh, but he he really loves that I play football, and he supports the football team, and he knows how important it is for for me in the school. So. You guys said you just did a video session. How, how similar is Monroe St. Mary's uh, wing tee to Kingsley's? I'd say it's pretty similar just with how they run their offense, but I'd say Kingsley's a little bit faster than what they are, and uh, Monroe is bigger. But uh, okay. should be should be a good one. It'll be fun. Yeah, so more power, not as yeah. not as north-south necessarily as yep. uh, Kingsley is with the yeah. Mullen and all those fast guys. They also won their game on a last-second field goal in their semifinal. How much are you kind of hoping that this game comes down to a to a last-second kick? Oh, I'd love that. The pressure, I'm kind of gotten used to it, so I think for it to be another game like last week would be pretty exciting. How far out on field goals are you? Do you feel confident? In practice, we usually go up to like 45 yarders, but I think 
around 40, it gets pretty shaky. I'm confident at it, but anything past that's uh, he's off got, and on. He's got 50 in a game, I think, in him. But, yeah, yeah, indoors, I guess it's a little different, so could be add a little distance to it. Talk a little bit about how big this is for the community, for the school, how, how big Friday will be for you guys. After the game, just like all the hugs and smiles I saw on everyone's faces, uh, it was pretty amazing to see, and uh, the community's support that we've had all year has been outstanding, I think, for the community. It's just like another uh, thing that we can look back on and remember for the rest of our lives. So uh, I guess I, I asked, I think, Cade Peterson this when he was on here, mm -hmm. but what is, what is, so what would be cooler, what's cooler, Ford Field or Breslin? Oh, God. <coughs> I, they're both, I, I don't think you can compare them because it's just so, uh, it, it, the magnitude is, like, so crazy at every different level, you know, and mm -hmm. I don't think I could pick a favorite. Because I pointed out to him uh, after the, the basketball game that, He's probably one of a pretty select number of kids who've thrown a touchdown at Ford Field mm -hmm. and dunked at Breslin. Yeah, I I don't think there's many that have done that. You, you might have a chance to do that this year, right? Yeah. You hope? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Me too, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I mean, just having the experience of going to the Breslin has definitely helped me throughout this football run as uh, I feel like I'm not as nervous as I have been in the past with football, and uh, these games have, have been uh, a lot more calm during these games just because of playing in other big games in basketball. So, so have you tried to talk Coach Andrews into letting you play anything else? Uh, there was some talk earlier in the year about playing safety, getting a few reps there, but it all uh, it didn't really work out. But we talked about it. It's a little scary though. It's yeah. been a while. Oh, you had that tackle against Millington. Yeah. Have you had any other tackles on special teams? Um, I had one at Kingsley. I didn't get credit for it, but, yeah, uh, one of the kick returns got a tackle there. So just yeah. two. Just two? <laughs> yep. It's two more than most people. Yeah. yeah. True. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being our guest, making the drive over. and uh, Thanks for having us. Good luck yeah, on Friday. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, thanks for Reese and Brady for joining us. Great as always to have Glen Lake Kids on. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. So now after we've talked to those two kids, it's time to do the crystal ball again. This is the game this week, right? It's not Lions-Bears. It's not Michigan-Ohio State. This is the game. This is the game. As far as Definitely. Yeah, this is the game. I mean, we're, we're going full court press on this. Which is funny because they played in the semifinals a couple years ago. Jake and I are both going to be going down there. We're going to bring a photographer. J I'm, I'm assuming you would be there. <laughs> you don't have anything else to do. I really you're don't. You're going to stay back here and cover my some high school hockey? My sister does not. I can't stay at my sister's on Thursday night, though. It's kind of awkward. She's not letting me sleep over on Thanksgiving. My own family. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? They have house guests, so they're a little packed, and this was kind of last-minute notice, but I will be there. I guess I could drive down the day of. It's a question of if I'm covering the Beale City game as well. They're at 10 a.m. They're very fringe for us, but there might be a chance I'm heading down early. But, yeah, 4.30, that's that's the biggest football game of the week for me, not Michigan State, Maryland. You know, that's not going to be a thriller. 
I don't care if it is or isn't. My dad actually <laughs> texted nah. me today. He's like, do you want to go to the Quick Claim Bowl on the 26th? No. I don't care if State's in it. I don't want to go to watch that football team. I don't disagree. <laughs> I plead the fifth. I did, I did it once this year, and it was bad. <laughs> you guys are giving up on Sparty? It's not giving up. You're swearing them off. It's not giving up. It's just you're just swearing them off for the rest of the season. They don't deserve it. It's just not necessary that I invest my time to like watch every snap of Michigan State football the rest of the year. It's pretty meaningless. And that's what I do with the Lions for the rest of my life. I mean that's true. I I have taken a little bit off the last couple weeks during Lions games. Good for you. Doing some stuff around the house. Your mental health is just have the game on in the background. Yeah, you have to you have to get rid of the generalized anxiety and stress that they cause you when they're messing everything up one that one play after the other. I just I can't I can't argue with that. And you never will be able to. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we predicting? Are we predicting the game yeah. uh, for Glen Lake this weekend? Yeah, we got uh, Glen Lake twelve and one, Monroe St. Mary uh, eleven and one on Friday. Jake, who you got? Man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay with um, you know what? Actually, I'm I'm gonna completely wash what I did last episode and when I picked everybody and nobody won. I'm gonna try and pull a Harris and beat me, and I'm gonna pick uh, Monroe St. Mary um, Catholic Central. I'll take uh, the eleven and one. Um, Monroe team to take down Glen Lake. I don't know if it's really because I believe that that's the case, but more or less that I would like to be proved wrong for once. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, we, we like Glen Lake from the beginning of the year. I look back at some of our podcasts, and in the first preview, um, I mentioned that I thought Glen Lake would be a, one of our best contenders for Ford Field, and now here they are. Uh, they showed time in and time out throughout the season that. They had what it takes. I mean, losing the Kingsley just that one game during the season, I think that, you know, at this point you can call it an anomaly. And I think they lost. They learned some good lessons. Once again, they've earned it, beating Calumet by a point, going beating Montague by a point. I think this is one of those magical runs that could end uh, with them hoisting a trophy. But I'm going to take Monroe St. Mary's to uh, win the game in hopes that the universe loves to spite me. That's true. We did all... Picked Glen Lake to beat Kingsley, I believe, and uh, and that yeah, didn't, we did. that didn't come about. Nobody picked Kingsley that game. We all picked Glen Lake. I think no, we, we all we all picked Glen Lake. I think we, all three of us picked. Well, Glen Lake. this we meant this week. We didn't mean week six or seven, whatever that game. We we meant week. Well, 13. no, yeah, but even even mm-hmm. even at the beginning of the year, we all chose one of these Kingsley or Glen Lake to be at Ford Field. We all we've mentioned them several times throughout the year. So I, I think we've had the same generalized idea that they have the ability to do this. And I, I once again, I don't think that, you know, we are wrong by any means. Well, we were wrong when we picked them to beat Kingsley. We were Kingsley, wrong by quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like the fact that Glen Lake has had close games in the playoffs. Uh, Monroe-St. Mary until last week has not. Um, and their last bunch of games in the regular season as well were all blowouts. So I think that may help. But Monroe St. Mary just looks to be uh, somebody who's just an, an, an excellent football team. We know how much they've been there in the past. I mean, this is one of those teams that making trips to Ford Field is not a new thing at all. So I'm, I'm going to go reverse psychology, and I'm going to pick Monroe St. Mary. Harrison? What's the reverse part? You psychologically <laughs> hope Glen Lake wins? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a better story for us if... If Glen Lake wins. Well, usually you make the reverse psychology joke when you want to trick someone. Well, so are you trying to trick I'm, all of us? That I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> trick our audible viewers. Yeah. I'm just referencing a Simpsons episode anyways. That's probably not really how reverse psychology works. Uh, Crystal Ball 
you know, forget it. Apparently, I, according to Jake, I've been dubbed as the uh, heartbreaker for Northern Michigan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Glenn Lake. I, I, I like the fact that they've done this before. Homer as a team. Hey, I, I hit most Simpsons of my picks re- last that, week. That was so. not a Simpsons reference, by the way. But he's a Simpsons character. Yeah, I, I like the fact that Jerry and Andrews and company have been at this stage before. Maybe not the exact team, but the staff. The program. This is not going to be a brand new as far as this modern era. This is not going to be a brand new feel for them to play at Ford Field. All those guys. When I talked to them today for interviews, I know you you talked to Reese and Brady today as well. Uh, they've they've been a part of this. Reese was on the sidelines keeping stats for the offense. Uh, Brady was in the stands watching. A lot of these guys that are playing were a part of this, and they remember that. And Jackson Lumen Christie is a program above Monroe St. Mary in football for sure. That was going to be a difficult win no matter what the situation was three years ago, even with a Cade Peterson that was just playing all-out phenomenal football. Uh, it's and Lumen Christie had that stud running back that they could just Bo, hand the ball. Bo Bell. Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Bell who now, I found out today, actually goes to school at Saginaw Valley with Duke Angers, and they were roommates this summer for some football stuff. And he told him, Jerry told us today, that uh, a secret – for them doing so well in that game and playing indoors and playing with the, they played they practiced indoors leading up to that game and Jerry and them are going to do that at Saginaw Valley when they stop by Wednesday and Thursday so they're going to get some of those indoor conditions in and make sure they're they're ready for that because even if it's indoors it doesn't mean it's not a little different to play a football game there but I'm going to roll with the fact that this team is winning close games we knew they would be talented enough to get to this stage and, and I don't think it's as insurmountable opponent as, as some of our other teams have faced in these situations so I kind of leaned against the Lakers last week and maybe a couple bounces and a random call here and there uh, switch that pick around but destiny is a real thing in a lot of senses and I'm gonna say this is this is kind of another team of destiny and I think I think for sure the score will be closer than the Jackson Lumen Christie game. And I'm going to go ahead and pick it and say Glenn Lake's going to be hungry enough and, in certain senses, prepared enough to win this game. It is interesting, the the, the factor of playing indoors and having to adjust to playing indoors. People think, you know, oh, it's you don't worry about weather, controlled, and you don't worry about weather. But uh, the Sutton's base people were saying, you know, that they would have rather played that game outdoors <laughs> than in the Dome because they were just more comfortable playing in 40-degree yeah, it's what you're used to. Temperatures, they were used to it. and So what they practiced in? And, it, you know, in the, in the Superior Dome, it's 70 degrees, maybe hotter than that once once the games gets going. And, and Suns Bay got a little tired, I think, in part because of that. Uh, they weren't used to playing in 70 degrees. No, nobody was. Lucas Meixel had an asthma attack in the second quarter. Yeah, I saw you <laughs> mentioned first, that. First quarter, I think mm-hmm. it was, uh, on the sideline. And uh, so it is interesting that you have to adjust to perfect conditions in a, in a setting like that. Did you ever play indoors a game in a stadium like that, Jake? Yeah, I played a couple games indoors, and we're going to save that for the trifecta. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's probably his answer coming yeah, up. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't bring that up yet. We're saving that for the trifecta. Yeah, but uh, does it take an, is there an adjustment period with that, though? Being used to playing almost know. all your games outdoors and now playing on an artificial turf field I don't inside. think there was that much. I don't think, I wouldn't necessarily there was an adjustment period. It's definitely noticeable, though, is our point. Yes, it's definitely noticeable, but I think I think as long as you play on turf most of the time, it isn't that much of a difference. Um, I think the biggest difference that nobody really likes to bring up is when you get in those situations, you're playing at the Superior Dome or you're playing at Breslin Center or you're playing at Kellogg or you're playing at Ford Field, 
there's pressure just by being in one of the stadiums like that. It's not even so much about being inside. I think it's about just being on those fields that makes a difference. All right, the picks are in. Two for Monroe, one for Glen Lake. All right. Call the bookies. Now it's time for Glen Lake to make us look bad. Go for it. Um, so now we're going to go to the uh, the Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Jake, who you got for the Hall of Fame? So after spending uh, the weekend down in Battle Creek, um, you know, Leland made their second straight t- straight state title game against Menden. There is one lone senior on that Comet squad, Jillian Grobo. I know Lori Glass had high praises of her. The entire team um, just talked about how they kept fighting for her, and she showed up in the semifinals. She had more than 10 kills in both of those games, uh, had a few aces in each one of those games as well, had a block or two. Definitely a big part of their play at the net during that, and you know, she's made it to the back-to-back. She was really a big part of the team last year and this year. So I think that she definitely deserves a nomination uh, to go into the Get Around Hall of Fame. All right. And the student section would chant, she's our senior during the games, which you always hear, she's, uh, or he's a freshman, she's a sophomore, she's our senior. <laughs> nice. Uh, Harrison, who you got? Yeah, I'm going with uh, one of your guests in the show tonight, uh, Reese Hazelton. Reese's Pieces, I think, is his Twitter handle. Uh, not because he loves the Reese's Pieces. That's not why he's nominated. But uh, to be in control and in check, running that Glen Lake offense, down two scores to Montague, a team that was in the state finals a year ago. So th- this is nowhere near an easy team to pull off a last few minutes comeback on. Helps lead that comeback. He scores the he throws the game tying to what would lead to the game tying score to Finn Hogan and then down another touchdown in overtime. He connects on that great pass with Brett Peterson. That leads to the the Brady McDonough historic PAT. Reese kept that game in check. I'm not saying they wouldn't have won that game without Reese, but he is a big reason why they did win it this week. His net stats two twenty five through the air, two scores, forty six rushing and, and that touchdown so I think Hazleton is a big reason why the Lakers are back at Ford Field, and I think he deserves a, a nomination for sure. Yeah, and who doesn't like Reese's Pieces? Uh, I'm going to throw out uh, Traverse City Triton's swimmer Claire Bongiorno. Uh, she uh, finished 14th in the state in the 100 Butterflies. She came into the state finals seated 28th, so she uh, exceeded expectations, finishing 14th there in the, in the entire state. So I'll, I'll turn it to Jake. Who are you going to vote for? I'm going to send, in, send it to a swimmer and go to Claire Bonjourno, 14th in the state. Uh, I know uh, she was one of the best swimmers in the area all year long, and uh, that's a pretty big jump from where you were expected. I know that she's been breaking uh, pool records and uh, school records all season long, so I think Claire deserves it. Me? Harrison? I'm, I'm going to make it tough on you, James. I'm going Reese. I, I think in that stage, in that moment, I'm not knocking Claire in any way. I, that's a very impressive honor as well. Um, but knowing what Reese went through and, and how important that was and and just goal-driven that was for those guys, that specific moment, in a sense, all year in that stage, uh, I, I'm voting Reese. All right. I will cast the tie-breaking vote to uh, to put Reese's pieces in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. Not just the candy. The six-foot-seven no quarterback. No vote was bad. Jillian Grobel probably deserved a vote in this category, and we didn't go to double overtime for our votes. So congratulations, Reese, on uh, getting inducted into the, the Hall of Fame. We get to, uh, to pull the velvet rope, let, let Reese in. in. Although he, he's probably going to put up some uh, stats to uh, get in for the basketball season, too. So He could probably just step over the velvet rope, actually. I don't oh, think we definitely. even have to move it. Yep. I mean, he could just, yeah. Uh, the, the Hall of Fame vote brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, we're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Now it's time for the trifecta. 
Gents, the best place that you have ever competed in a sporting event. Jake's saving his. It's not Pittsburgh's Park, Jake? No, it's not Pittsburgh's Park. I'm uh, shocked. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. No, no. I, I, uh, Apparently Jake we did got something earlier, But I actually, yeah, I played at Ford Field in the Prep Bowl my junior year of high school uh, as part of the Catholic League at Divine Child. They didn't schedule a Week 9 game because whoever the top two in our league were would face off for the league championship in Week 9 at Ford Field. Um, so I got a chance to play there. I was three and a half feet from scoring a touchdown at Ford Field. That's why I played tight end before I got moved into guard to play the big uglies my senior year. Um, but, yeah, I was about three feet from scoring a touchdown at Ford Field. That was awesome, though. We got to be in the Lions locker room. Um, you know, for once, our coach, like, let us, like, swag all out and, like, spat our feet and wear all our wristbands and look all cool. But, yeah, it was really cool getting to stand on the sidelines, go in the locker room, take showers in the Lions locker rooms and everything like that. But uh, we ended up playing in the prep bowl that year, and that was uh, one of the coolest things that I ever did. I'm really happy for you that you got to shower. Yeah, how are Joey how, Harrington showers? Are those showered. luxurious showers? No, they're regular. They're regular locker room showers. <laughs> but still, you just think, hey, the Lions shower here. It's much cooler. <laughs> I guess. There was some, there was I don't na- think I would there, be there thinking some, about three hundred pound dudes when I was in the shower. Yeah, but I was about to say there was some naked dude who I know who he is who was stood here before me. Holy crap! <laughs> I am so happy for you. Unfortunately, my pick does not involve any showering connections, but... um, Thank you. you. (laughs) um, I ran cross-country and the state finals every year held at Michigan International Speedway, and obviously nobody's really sitting in those seats. I think it seats like 80,000 for NASCAR races. There's maybe about four to 5,000 total fans there, and they're not there for one specific reason. They're all supporting their specific teams. But just that environment, putting the finals... A lot of people wish fans and spectators because it's not the best place to watch a race a lot of people wish that each state finals for each division would be at a separate location so you can make it easier for everybody to get around and see multiple parts of the race i've always been a avid supporter of having everybody at mis doing it all there it just being there it just adds to the legitimacy of what you're doing you talk about being on that big stage and feeling the nerves and getting over it that was mis for me and my buddies on the team was getting the chance to be there even if the seats were empty you still you're you're in the middle of a place that's set up to host big events, and that just adds to the, the the greatness of what you're about to be participating in. It just it adds to that you know big time feel. Even if the spectators don't like it, I loved you know, knowing I was competing on that grand stage. And when you go to finish, I don't know if you've covered any races there, James, but you you finish right on the track. You come in on the back corner and you round the track just like the race cars would, and you finish basically around one of the where the checkered flag would be. Do they actually use a checkered flag, no, or do you, no. do you like break the tape like in a regular race, kind of? I don't think you do any. I don't think there's even any that. tape. I think it's just they the just first across. Yeah. But it's right there by the race car finish line. It's around the same spot, and you're on the grass, and it's just a straightaway stretch. And especially my senior year, it, every year it was like, okay, this is the end of the season. This is the end. Of, my senior year, it was like, okay, this is it. You know, I didn't end up running track. I didn't know that at the time, but that really was my last competitive running race and it just yeah being there it always gave me goosebumps always made me excited and i i was very fortunate to be able to run there four years freshman through senior year and i i remember it all the time and i think of it fondly that'd be cool though if they did have somebody at the end at, waving the checkered flag the whole time like as Jimmy everybody Johnson. not just the first place finisher but like for everybody one <laughs> dude that just had to sit there and wave the checkered flag 
for like all two fifty of us. Yeah, and he's just keeping it. He just and then he by the end he hates that kid who finishes last. And he's just his arms are so tired. That would well, be awesome. but the beauty of the state finals is everybody usually gets in within like a two and a half minute range because yeah. everybody they're all good, good enough, except for those like seventh runners that get cramps or something. But for the most part, like everybody's in two to three minutes. So. It's not like the Cherry Festival 10K where there's somebody who's it's finishing like in five half hours, half hour, forty five minutes. Yeah. Mine is, uh, I mean, I was a wrestler in high school, so maybe you don't like get to pe- compete in big arenas or anything like that. It's just high school gyms. Uh, when I was in college, though, we used to play, uh, we used to play basketball all the time in the in the student activity center, and it's just regular basketball courts that they use for intramural and stuff like that. But one time, I got into a a pickup game, and uh, one of the guys on the other team was CMU starting point guard at the time. Dan Marley. He was not a point guard. But, uh, uh, Lacey Jones was his uh, was his name, I believe. Uh, he was a transfer from LCC, and he was their starting point guard, like a five ten guy, built built really kind of compact, like kind of a like a Romeo Robinson stocky thick point guard. It's not as much of a memory about the place as just that in a pickup game against CMU starting point guard, I shut him down. Hey, he did. I just I just played prevent but it was in that place. I just played prevent defense and like never allowed him to get the ball, and he started getting all ticked off, and uh, I was just all over him. And we, I don't think we I don't think still don't think we won the game because oh, sure I think you, there I'm was sure another I think there was another CMU player on the on the other team, and, and but we that, lost. But that's the type of performance you you sleep pretty well that night. I, I just remember that. Yeah, there was another game I pickup game I played where it was like a six nine guy on the other team, and he grabbed a rebound and then brought it down, and I actually reached in between his legs from behind and grabbed the ball. Pulled it away? And pulled it away from And you didn't even have to bend down. Legs. That was just your normal height. To no, reach yeah, because in. in college I was like 5'6", something like you that. You still are. Yeah, maybe maybe 5'8", maybe. 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 I was a little, I was Probably. Maybe, I was a little over 5'8 before I got in my car accident. Now I'm a little under 5'8". I did not know you were in a car accident. Oh, yeah. That was that was like twenty some years ago. Pretty bad car accident. And it shortened you. Uh, yes, hitting a semi will do that. Oh, you went accordion style. Jeez. Yeah. So well, I, I'm glad you're still here. So we've got CMU Student Activity Center. We've got MIS playing, playing MIS, Ford and we've got Ford Field. I think you guys are the better two, but yeah, but it sounds fun. like your performance is more noteworthy. Yeah. Right, sounds there was, like we, there we was sh- nobody there uh, documenting it. Sounds like we got to put you in the retroactive Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, from like 25 years ago. Why not? There's space. There's nobody in there right now. That's true. <laughs> it would be episode like negative yeah. 1,000. <laughs> Before Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 103. That one's, that one's done. Go Lakers. All right. We'll see you on Friday at the Ford Field. See you there. We're out.